say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Not turn in the guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Settle down, everybody. Thank you so very much for being here. <clears throat> Excuse me as I'm still struggling with my voice, but I, I am starting to feel better. It's just you can't always tell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed I, your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and I truly do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. Got a lot of things going on for today's broadcast, so uh, let's dive in. I want to make sure, though, that you tune in for the second hour where I'm going to uh, bring to you my recent conversation, one I've been promising for a bit, finally was able to make it happen, ladies and gentlemen. Later on, I was visited by Mr. Walt Heyer. So you guys uh, hang on for that, but we got to start with baby formula, y'all. Now, I haven't really been talking much about the baby formula story, although this is a story I have been watching from my day job professional uh, uh, kind of uh, aspect for a while now uh, because the baby formula shortage started because of a recall issue. And it's continued to uh, kind of roll from there. Now people are finally starting to talk about it a little bit more, and I realized I hadn't really discussed it on air. This is something I've been watching for over a month. 
This is a story that's been percolating below the surface. There have been a few people out there talking about it, but not many. Finally, folks are starting to ask questions at the highest levels. They're still not asking enough of the right questions, but they are asking questions, and that was demonstrated today when White House Press Secretary Jen Saki, a.k.a. Circle Back Saki, claimed that the baby formula shortage was in part the result of people, uh, that's you and me, guys, it was a result of people hoarding the available supply and then selling it for a higher price, profiting from the desperation of the families who needed to feed their babies. Yeah, whenever they've done something wrong, it's our fault. Doesn't matter what. Now, I got to give them props. They, they're doing some great branding right now, a lot of great branding, because now you and I, ladies and gentlemen, we are ultra MAGA. And uh, uh, Donald, uh, hanging out down in Florida, hanging out at his house, you know, the orange man who was bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. Yeah, that guy. You probably know him as the Donald. You might know him as uh, number 45, or if you happen to be a certain member of the House of Representatives from California, you may just know him as 45, because you want to impeach 45. I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, Donald Trump is now the MAGA king, which, of course, he has run with. Uh, I'm not on True Social because it is still limited to Apple products, and I do not have an iPhone, but I have seen some of the memes. And the MAGA king is indeed uh, great, and he's having some fun with it, but hey, they, they can do that. They managed to brand us. The everyday average Americans, while they continue to blame us for all their shortcomings. And, yes, the baby formula shortage is also our fault. Uh, because, you know, we're going to hoard all of it. Now, Saki also took a number of questions on the issue uh, during her press briefing on Thursday, uh, May the 12th of 2022. Which, by the way, happens to be the same day that I'm uh, bringing this uh, broadcast to you live. You know, in the event that you're listening to the rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country, or if you're a few days late to the podcast, in either case, this is indeed Thursday, May the 12th. Now, she took these uh, questions during a press briefing, and she began by saying that President Joe Biden had been anticipating the shortages and working to find solutions for quite some time. Now, that's a great cover story. It sounds really good. Now, we know they've been anticipating shortages because uh, barely there, Beijing Biden did warn us a few months ago, which is also why I'm heavily encouraging you to visit my friends over at My Patriot Supply. But more on that later. CBS reporter Ed O'Keefe well, he pressed Circleback Saki on that point exactly, asking when President Biden had first been briefed on the potential for shortages. But Circleback Saki declined, very politely, but declined nonetheless to give any details, saying, quote, I'm not going to get into internal briefings. Yeah, that's really all she would say. Eh, maybe not as politely as I might have let on, but it's as close as we get from her, right? Now, O'Keefe pressed again, asking whether anyone had considered invoking the Defense Production Act, and once more, whether Biden had been apprised of the situation prior to this week. 
It wasn't like this suddenly popped up. And believe me, boys and girls, it isn't. Like I said, we've all been kind of watching this for a bit now. It's uh, somewhat surprising that that's what it takes. Again, no real responses. A little bit later on, Fox News House Correspondent uh, Jacqueline Hendricks continued along the same vein, saying that a uh, whistleblower had come forward last October to warn the FDA, saying, quote, it does seem like we should have been, you know, that we should have seen this coming, that maybe the FDA could have done more on the baby formula shortage. The whistleblower used to work at that Sturgis plant, uh, warned the FDA top officials about safety concerns in October, but they didn't interview that whistleblower until December. The inspection wasn't until January 31st, and the recall happened in February, uh, on the 17th to be precise. So, is that timeline acceptable to the White House? And if not, what is the White House doing to correct that? Now, Saki replied here that she didn't have any specific analysis of the process, repeating that the Biden administration had been working on the issue for months. Again, not sure we're buying it uh, there, uh, Jen. Later, she noted another issue that was complicating efforts to get formula back on the shelves, arguing that some people, you know, the mega magas, that's what they should have done, but I'm sorry, they're using ultra magas, aren't they? The ultra magas, uh, they're the ones out there hoarding what little supply there was, and then jacking up the price, forcing desperate parents to pay more for the formula they needed. Saying, quote, if you are a parent who's looking for formula right now, struggling to find what you need, do you have even a rough guess as to how long these shortages are going to last? What should parents be bracing for here? That's what one reporter asked. And of course, Circleback Saki argued that supply was already beginning to increase, you know, by like one or two cans more of the dry formula. Yeah, there's a few more, but it's increasing. It is technically an increase, except, of course, people are needing to get like five cans at a time. So for every five cans you need, there may be one new can available. This is the same thing they're doing with the economy. For every $1 in a raise that you have gotten since the Obama administration took over, there's been a $12 in inflationary spending in literally everything you have to spend your money on. So not exactly a net gain in the old uh, bank account, is it? But hey, that's Democrat math, and it will continue. Here's the other thing they really, really didn't want to mention and somehow managed to avoid having to even discuss. And that is the American public, when it comes to getting their baby formula, they're not first on the line. You know, they're not first in line. No, 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 no. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it, uh, America, with uh, all of the parents so desperately needing that baby formula, uh, you, are they second in line? Nope, nope, not second in line either. No, no, ladies and gentlemen. This has been documented. 
I'm not just making it up, although I it feels like I should be. This feels like something I should be just making up out of whole cloth. But it's true. It's accurate, 100%. Number one on the list, we are sending a baby formula to Ukraine. Yeah, that's right. Now, I get it. What's going on in Ukraine is a humanitarian disaster. It's horrific. I am not a fan of what's going on over there. But as much as I want to help, as much as I feel like we should help, there is still this situation going on here which should put the American family first at least on the agenda for the American government. See, that's how governments are supposed to work. The Ukrainian government's supposed to be doing number one for Ukraine. The Polish government's supposed to be going number one for the Polish citizens. And then they've got room to try and help their neighbors. Everybody in Europe is pooling together to try to help them out too. Why do we have to send such a percentage of something that's in such short supply here when there's so many people so desperately needing it. You know, and, and I mentioned, right, I, just they're number one. The American parents right now aren't number two either. No, number two are the illegal migrant border crossers on the uh, southern border. Yes, they are receiving pallets of baby formula. Pallets a baby for me that they, the government, have been hoarding away from us, the American people. They're the hoarders, but we're the bad guys. They're the ones messing up. They're the ones doing everything wrong. We're the bad guys. We're the folks doing things wrong. Ain't that some shiznit? All right, we're going to play with a slightly different format because I'm probably going to be bringing on, at least hopefully, some new sponsors soon. So in the meanwhile, we're going to start taking breaks a little more frequently. Uh, this first break, of course, we're going to go right out the gate. And uh, please don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Abortion activists have once, twice, 3,000 times proven to be the underhanded, no-good racist that they always were. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. On the night after a leaked draft opinion overturning Roe v. Wade, when Politico mysteriously managed to obtain a draft majority opinion written by Supreme Court Justice Alito, showing the Supreme Court is leaning toward overturning the 1973 decision of Roe v. Wade, which simply returns the decision over Roe v. Wade to the voters and states, so on cue, 
the know-nothing leftist Beckys and Karens started screaming about how returning Roe v. Wade to the states would bring harm to poor black women. The only things that leftist whites think and speak of for blacks are negative solutions like murdering little black babies rather than trying abstinence before marriage or putting unwanted babies up for adoption. Hmm? Black Americans need to use their brains and understand that leftist white Democrats do not like you. And as long as you follow their blathering dictates, you will always be the rear end of society. Black Americans, stop bowing before the golden donkey. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, go to theronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Look. These aren't, we always talk about these children. They're not someone else's children. They're our children. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. And I never found that trickle-down on top of my head very much. I was listed, I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still had making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. That's right, Joe. You are no good. Yes, they did have a closed-door meeting, uh, Joe Biden did, along with big-box retailers like Target and Walmart and uh, some of the baby formula manufacturers. But, uh, uh, shh, mum's the word. It was a closed-door meeting. We're not allowed to know. Before we transition to the next topic, I want to take a moment to talk to you about a fantastic service. Uh, Still relatively new, but uh, picking up pace, it is called Honey Fund. Now, Honey Fund, well, they are an online honeymoon registry, or wedding registry, actually, is the better term. But what they do is they make honeymoons happen. They are literally the most trusted honeymoon registry site out there. They fund your honeymoon, and that is their business. That's what they focus on. So with a Honey Fund page, wedding guests can make contributions that turn into cash in your hand so you can travel the world or any other savings goal you might have. So sign up and see why their simple yet powerful cash registry is better than any of their competitors. For honeymoons... Home down payments, or anything else really that you need as you're starting off your new life together. Honey Fund. Uh, one of the top investors there is Kevin O'Leary. And just for full disclosure, I do own a small equity piece myself. Highly recommend you uh, visit. And their website will, the link to their website, will be in the show description. All right, let's get to the next topic because just the insanity does not end, ladies and gentlemen. It keeps going and going and, well, it keeps going some more. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi really raised my eyebrows 
when she's out here blaming the continued record surge in gas prices on exploration by oil companies. <laughs> yeah, uh, they have to explore in order to find where it's located, Nancy. Uh, not every place they look uh, is suitable for extraction. Uh, I'm pretty sure she knows that. But then again, with these folks, it's hard to tell. I mean, I've said before, I, I very often try to assign uh, incompetence and ignorance ahead of actual malice. But it just seems harder and harder not to just put malice there. And now for folks like Nancy, it's hard to not just circle the all of the above answer to the question. She legitimately seems to have a great deal of malice, whether she understands what she's talking about or not. But yes, it's the exploration by the oil companies. And then she touted a brand new bill that would essentially allow whoever happens to be the current setting president of the United States, which right now happens to be barely there, Beijing Biden, it would allow that individual to control gasoline prices. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? All right, so during her weekly press briefing, Pelosi was talking about this Democrat-backed bill called the Consumer Fuel Price Gouging Prevention Act. Uh, pretty name. Which would allow the president to declare an um, energy emergency. At least they're getting better with their alliteration. It's an energy emergency. Which then, of course, would give the president the ability to regulate prices by preventing fuel companies from selling their products at prices deemed to be unconscionably excessive and exploiting such an emergency. Uh, I'm going to pause for just a moment and try to remind these folks that as far as the gasoline is concerned, they don't, the oil companies don't sell it direct to you. They distribute it. You know, they provide it to distributors and then the distributors provide it to the local convenience store, gas station, truck stop, wherever it is you fill up at. There are a few different hands involved in this. And the funny thing is all these folks are in business. And as a person in business, you're providing a service. In this case, if you're a distributor, you're trying to make sure that the manufacturers can get their product to the retail outlets where you will then make your purchase. They're entitled to make a profit too. And each time it goes through a hand, the price of the product in question is going to go up because there's an extra pair of hands. That's why you hear commercials about buy direct from the factory, cut out the middleman. And, and that is a legitimate business practice because there is the concern. Nobody's going to say the middleman shouldn't get paid if the middleman's actually doing the job. Or, well, let me rephrase that. No one should say that. Obviously, several Democrats are, in fact, saying exactly that. But beyond that, she really doesn't seem to understand the the idea, the notion that before Biden took over, gas prices were, you know, not at a record low, but certainly the lowest they had been in quite a while. And the important factor there wasn't that there was presidential decrees from the orange man who was bad. The difference there was we had become energy independent based on non-tree-hugging, uber-green New Deal, totally Marxist BS uh, policies. That was the difference, and quite the difference it was. Anyway, 
back to Pelosi's little briefing, uh, quoting Mimi Pelosi at the moment. Next week on the floor of the House, we will have another piece of our lowering costs for the American people legislation, which evidently is like a whole mini-series event. Uh, you'd call it a limited run if we were talking about a limited series if it was on Netflix. You know, it, it's just it used to be a, a mini series if it was on network television. This is just one more in their multi-layered approach, the lowering costs for the American people legislation. Uh, and it's bad enough they have to hyphenate this, but, you know, it is intended to be a single thing here, so. Anyway, uh, Nancy continues saying, quote, House Democrats, led by Washington Congresswoman Kim Schrader, and California Congresswoman Katie Porter introduced the Consumer Fuel Price Gouging Prevention Act uh, while families are struggling to pay higher prices at the pump. Oil and gas companies are recording record profits, but are they, though? I mean, have we seen these record profits? Because I'm thinking maybe, maybe that's been exaggerated a little bit. Now, we're seeing the stocks go up because the commodity markets shot up, knowing that this was going to become a scarce commodity. But making a few more dollars, again, doesn't equal record-setting profits. If the cost of producing something goes up, you have to charge more for it. So technically, more money is passing through your hands, but your profitability may actually have went down. Again, these people have never run a business, so eh, what do you expect them to know? Anyway, back to while families are struggling to pay higher prices at the pump. Oil and gas companies are recording record profits, according to her. And the seven largest oil companies announcing buybacks that could total $41 billion this year alone. Again and again, we see gas prices rise. Sometimes when the cost of oil drops, oil prices drop, and gas gouging needs to be stopped. Right. This is a major expansion exploitation of the consumer because this is the product that the consumer must have. Again, here we are. Baby formula just a few minutes ago and it was the price gougers and it was the hoarders. Now it's just the Mino oil companies, which again have been a bad guy for the left for a while because why? They want to live in some green utopia where oil, carbon-based fuel isn't the cheapest, most reliable source of energy on the planet. Now, they want to live in that world. The problem is that's not the world they're living in. They're in this world with the rest of us. Now, eventually, at some point down the line, if the new, greener technologies ever become suitable and comparable for what we're actually looking for them to do, then we'll have that opportunity. They will get a chance to shine. But you know what? Mimi Pelosi wasn't done. Because it's not just the Mino oil companies. Back to quoting. Again, the Putin price hike at the pump is a part of this. Yeah, that's right. They had to blame Putin. You would think that the oil companies would compensate for that rather than exploit the opportunity that it... Uh, so, in this bill... 
what this does, price gouging needs to be addressed, including new tools at the Federal Trade Commission to address those abuses. Our bill enables the president to issue an energy emergency declaration, making it unlawful to increase gas and home energy prices in an exploitative and excessive way, which is part of the business plan of these companies. And I'm going to have to stop right there. It's not part of the business plan of any of these companies. These companies are still competing with one another. But when the commodity goes through the roof, the opportunity for them to be profitable also goes through the roof. When you have a hard time getting enough employees to show up to do the job you need in order to extract the oil or the gas from the pockets that they're located in, a hard time getting enough people to show up at the refineries to do the job of refining the crude oil into the more usable things that we uh, are so very heavily dependent on on a day-to-day basis, gasoline, oil, natural gas, diesel, which are about to start uh, rationing diesel, by the way. The Biden administration has been extremely hush-hush on that. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want you knowing about it. So be prepared. That's going to make it even more expensive for you to get everything at your store because if it ain't moving by train, well, shoot, even if it is on train, do you know how many of these trains that run operate on diesel? Still a good number of them. There's not a whole lot of solar trains running around. There certainly aren't very many solar big rigs that are hauling goods from a port to your local warehouse or to your local grocery store. They start rationing the diesel, it'll make it that much more expensive. And that will also, that's a big part of why the, when they start attacking energy, everything suffers. Everything's going to go up. Everything is going to go up. Again, inflationary policies one after another, and they don't have a clue. Or I tend to think they probably do have a clue. But we'll talk about that a little bit more on the other side of this uh, very, very brief break. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go To whom it may concern It's easy to get burned On March 20th, 1854, anti-slavery and pro-liberty activists left the Whig Party and established the new anti-slavery Republican Party. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The first major goal of the newly formed Republican Party was to stop the Democrat Party agenda to expand human slavery to all states. In 1854, Democrats passed the Kansas-Nebraska Act. That evil political act led to the creation of the newly formed Republican Party that opposed human slavery. Republicans gained huge support in the North, and two years later, in 1856, presidential election winning 11 of 16 northern states. Today, Democrats are once again on a full-court press to enslave all Americans this time as they seek to destroy the economy in order to try and make all of us go along to get along dependent dolts. 
The Democrats are also ushering in millions of illegal border crossers in order to try and secure their victory at the voting polls. In recent years, establishment Republicans have been more cooperative with dastardly Democrats than authentic conservatives. In time, we will see if Republicans will once again stand for liberty or continue to be the political great pretender. Oh, yes, I'm the great pretender. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back taking uh, a few more frequent but certainly shorter breaks. And now I want to take a moment to remind you that if you are not prepared, it may already be at the point where it's too late. It isn't yet. You've got time, at least if you've got the financial means to reach on over to my Patriot Supply. Now, there will be a link in the show description. There's also a banner that you can click over at uh, the web page for the show. You can come visit me at Tap Into The Truth. That's T-A-P-P, Into The Truth, all one word, dot com. Scroll down past recent guests. You'll start seeing different banners and buttons that you can push that will take you to the various websites that I have affiliations and associations with. You can do that, or you can just uh, copy the entire link. You will see that part of that link will be live depending on what where you're, what platform you're listening to the podcast at. Just copy the entire link, though, because if you only hit partial, they don't know who sent you, and some of those partials don't even quite take you where you need to go. It acts like a broken link. So just copy the entire link, paste it in your web browser, and go visit My Patriot Supply and check out everything they have to offer. By using that link, though, what you do is you turn the situation into uh, a win-win-win scenario. Now, it's already a win-win. You've went to My Patriot Supply. Once you're there, you're going to see all the great things they have available. And trust me, the 25-year rated food supply for your emergency food is fantastic. It's, it's, you, w- you won't imagine how good it really is compared to the fact that this is food that's been dehydrated. This is food that's been put in this package. It's ready to save your life, 2,000-calorie meals set in these uh, packages. You are good to go with this. But that's not all. They have water filtration units. They have heirloom seeds available, lots of other things as well. So just go check them out, and you will become a new loyal customer of My Patriot Supply once you try them. I promise you. So uh, just use this link, and you go from being... The win for you for now having this great product, a win for them now having a new loyal customer, that's again you, and then a win for me because I get just this tiny little bit, just a tiny little bit of a finder's fee 
the little tiny little uh, bit of cash for sending you to them and then you becoming their customer. But even if you don't buy anything, go ahead and visit anyway and check it out because I promise you this baby formula thing is just the beginning. It is not the end. And this administration is still willing to send the baby formula we have to Ukraine and to the illegal migrant border crossers at our southern border. That's where the baby formula that could be back on the shelves happens to be now. So I want you to think long and hard about that, Mom. You're in the grocery store, you can't find your formula, and you're being told by the Biden administration that it's because of somebody like me who I don't happen to have any baby formula in the house. And if I did, I promise you, I would be selling it to someone who needed it at a point where I'm not going to be making a profit because you don't profit off of people's ill fortune. But I would at least ask to get back what I put into it. And that's not price gouging. Anyway, chances are I probably wouldn't even be selling it. I know some folks who need it. I'd probably give it to them. But, you know, we can't let on like conservatives are actually as generous as we really are. They, they get all crazy about that stuff. They don't like us talking about that kind of thing. All right. Actually, I just got a notification. I'm going to have to cut things short today, so we're only going to have a one-hour broadcast. Um, sorry uh, for those of you that wanted to listen to the extra hour as a bonus. I'm going to go ahead and play my uh, conversation with Walt Hollier at this point. Well, Walt Hollier. Uh, but before I slide into that, uh, just to lead into it, uh, Netflix uh, has made a major announcement. They're changing their corporate culture. They sent out a memo. Uh, basically telling uh, the people that work for them that if they have issues with those who are attempting to silence the artistic expression of others, they may need to find another place to work. I'm sure we'll be talking more about that very soon. Here's the thing. With everybody only talking about abortion the last several days, nobody is talking about the fact that this administration wants to push chemical castration and uh, surgical mutilation on children. Uh, my conversation with Walt Heyer uh, addresses that with a few other things. we got a refresher on Walt. Uh, listen now to my conversation that took place just earlier today with Walt Heyer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. And it is now time to welcome back a guest that has been far too long since we've had him on. Uh, but it's certainly no time better than now to, to bring him on. Uh, this man has been a... Uh, prolific author. He has been at the forefront of the battle for actual concern about individuals that suffer with gender dysphoria and uh, the pressures that are now put on these folks to uh, engage in such an earlier and earlier time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to the show, Mr. Walt Hollier. Uh, Walt, first of all, I apologize for being out of touch with you for so long. I, I, I mentioned to you off air that I mentioned you so frequently uh, that I hadn't realized how long it had actually been. So before we go yeah. any further, um, mm -hmm. remind everybody a little bit about your background, a little bit about your story, and then let's catch yeah. up a little bit because you've been doing some things since last time you were on. Yeah, you bet. Well, um, you know, I, I'm 81 years old. I started my, quote, uh, journey of confusion uh, when I was four years old, uh, cross-dressing in a purple dress with the help of my grandmother. Um, I was physically and sexually abused as a child, 
And throughout the 1940s, I learned about this issue um, through the media in the 50s, 1950s, when somebody named Christine Jorgensen, who used to be Charles Jorgensen, um, what you know uh, was identified as a transsexual uh, after they did surgery, and I had no other because I'd been cross-dressing since I was four years old. Had no other idea about what this was, so I identified as maybe that must be who I am, and set out on this journey. Uh, you know, in those days, 1950s, there was nobody talking against this and saying that um, people don't need to go through this process. So I followed the protocols. Um, I eventually, uh, in early 19 and about 40, 1983 underwent surgery. I lived eight years as Laura, identifying as Laura Jensen. Um, and then, uh, began to study psychology at UC Santa Cruz and in the studies at UC Santa Cruz discovered that people who identify, uh, as, a person of a different gender or name and go through surgeries are suffering from psychological, emotional, or sexual disorders. And there are many of them that exist are things like body dysmorphia, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, and um, autogynephilia, transvestic fetish disorder. So in this long journey, since you and I have been talking, I've learned a great deal actually over the last four years and and been writing a lot recently after uh, starting my website about a dozen years ago, sexchangeregret.com. Um, I've had over 2 million people come and, and review the site. Uh, I've had over 10,000 people send me emails over the last uh, 12 years asking for help, advice, guidance, um, and information about the subject. So what have I learned from all that? What I've learned is that uh, none of these people that they say have gender dysphoria, including myself, have gender dysphoria. Uh, gender dysphoria is a symptom of a deeper comorbid disorder that people aren't looking for. If they, If we can look at uh, and discover the comorbid disorder that exists, we can actually prevent people from having hormone therapies and surgery. So the task at hand uh, first is for people to understand that gender dysphoria is a symptom and not a diagnosis. Gender dysphoria is not something that requires hormones or surgery. Gender dysphoria is just the opposite of euphoria. It's just a feeling. It's not a diagnosis. It doesn't require treatment. Um, but but it does tell us that something has happened to that individual that caused him to not like who he is, and in my case, being cross-dressed. Now, today, we actually know that cross-dressing a young boy is psychological and emotional child abuse. And there's a, a new terminology that we didn't talk about back then, um, and it's called adverse childhood experiences. And there, it's a well-defined term that uh, many clinicians are well aware of and adverse childhood experiences falls under the protocols of what happens when we uh, put a boy in a dress or tell a girl she can become a boy and what we know and you can uh, talk about I can actually send some of the articles I've written about it in the Federalist um, Public Discourse and Daily Signal um, is that 
these adverse childhood experiences actually cause a person to not like who they are, become very confused. They cause mental disorders, uh, especially before they're 18 years old. So we're dealing with a group of individuals, boys and girls, who don't have gender dysphoria but have some underlying mental condition. Um, some of them today, however, kids are doing this is what we call a social contagion. And this particular group of individuals don't have any comorbid disorders. They're just doing it because their friends are doing it. But they don't also have gender dysphoria. They're not gender dysphoric. It's a, it's a just a social idea to be connected to the community that you're living in. And there's just so many groups now online. Children should not be online on their computer. That places the computers are dangerous and loaded with uh, trans pornography, and uh, kids get hooked on it. So that's kind of the big nutshell where we are. So we can dig in on some specifics. You'd like uh, questions for me to answer? All right. Well, you know, first and foremost, I I have to go back and touch on the fact that. The reason why I thought of you and decided it was absolutely time to get you back on was the current political climate. Uh, you, you've mm -hmm. never been a big political actor. You've been more about hands-on. You want to help people. You know you weren't the only person who was going through this. And as you uh, travel down this uh, road that you've been on, you realize that uh, <clears throat> you know people don't get enough of the right kind of support. So you've tried to be there. You've even started a ministry. Right. But now we have a administration in the White House that is using terminology like gender affirming health care as a yeah. cover to try and push uh, surgeries and uh, hormonal therapies on children in some cases uh, officially as young as eight. But we've heard stories that, uh, you know, uh, a lot younger than that have uh, been difficult to verify. So we'll focus on the fact that they're still at the very least all in agreement that children at the age of 15 uh, are part of the, the target here. So yeah. what is your take on this administration and their effort not just to – uh, Greenlight it, but kind of to push it uh, into school systems where where teachers are being told not to tell parents and, and this insanity. Uh, what's your yeah. take on that? Yeah, you know what we what we really have is um, a group of um, politicians, uh, primarily on the left, um, that are in the process of. When, keep in mind when you engage in suggesting that someone can change their gender, you're dehumanizing them. This is a whole process of dehumanizing individuals and eradicating both male and female. Now, if you dig into uh, what what is behind it, uh, sadly to say, and I'm, I'm sure some people's eyebrows will be raised by it, but it's Marxism. And uh, if you know uh, Black Lives Matters, as a matter of fact, um, they admit to being Marxist. Uh, they they themselves wanted to eradicate the um, the nuclear family, and this is they're also Marxist. And we know that the Biden administration is very well immersed into supporting Black Lives Matters. They let them go burn down cities and do anything they bloody well want to do. But what? Biden did, which was really abhorrent, was put a man in HHS that uh, claims to be a woman, but it's a man, 
And this man was put in there for the sole purpose of advancing uh, the dehumanization of children by virtue of giving them the idea that they can change their gender. And I want to say at this conjuncture, everyone listening should understand something. No one in the history of mankind has ever been able to change their gender. It's false. It can't happen. Medically, it doesn't happen. Surgically, it doesn't happen. Hormonally, it doesn't happen. Scientifically, it doesn't happen. How do I know this? I challenged my doctor who did the surgery on me to prove to the court of California and San Mateo that he could actually perform some surgical procedures and medical procedures and change my gender. He had to admit to the court in writing the documents in the Superior Court in California and San Mateo says the only thing they can accomplish is neutering you. The only thing they can do through these surgeries, it cannot change your gender. He said your gender remains the same and cannot change. Uh, The only thing you can do is make sure that the person can ever produce children. And so this is the dehumanizing of people. They're using terminology that doesn't exist. So if if we backtrack a little bit from how big a lie this is, the fact that no one can change their gender that means there are no transgenders. No one has changed their gender. So the, they're, they're using a word that's false. Um, no one has transitioned because we know that can't happen. And we now know that people don't have gender dysphoria. They're suffering from either a social contagion or they're, they're suffering from adverse childhood experiences. So that if we can understand how clever they are at using terminology to convince us that something they're saying uh, is true. And if it is true that they quote, have gender dysphoria, then they can, then they can give them uh, hormones and perform surgery on it, but it's not true. It's false. And that's why I've been working with more and more young people who are detransitioning. And now actually the detransitioning process is beginning to grow. I detransitioned well over 30 years ago, and now it's, it's a growing population. So the issue is, Marxism. And if anyone wants to dive into it or question uh, maybe that I'm wrong or I don't have my facts correct, then I would ask them that I think it's $15. They purchase a movie and it's called Wolf in Sheep's Clothing 2, The Gender Agenda. Uh, You can go online and purchase. It's a long movie, but it goes into great detail and it shows you how this is uh, infiltrated into and become uh, the the heart and soul of the Democratic Party is to dehumanize children and make everyone dependent on the government. And we can see that today, how um, they're doing everything they can. I mean, they could open up oil fields and we could have uh, lower our cost of fuel that we're paying for. They don't want that. They want to force people into electric cars. They want to force kids into changing their genders. They want everybody totally dependent on the government. Yeah. That's what we're right up against. Yeah, and, and not only that, but we are now seeing this administration take a page out of 1984. Uh, we're, we're literally seeing the creation of the Ministry of Truth. 
uh, with with this disinformation uh, guidance board that they've recently announced, uh, do you uh, have any concerns that you're going to end up having them uh, target you? Because you are one of those uh, full-blown truth-tellers that pulls no punches, and, and you've been a, a voice that's been growing stronger and stronger, and you're becoming less and less diplomatic towards the folks that you know are just trying to play gotcha, uh, but you are still trying to be as helpful as possible with anybody who's genuinely coming to you for information. So as a truth teller and as somebody that's willing to call these folks out when they're not, uh, do you have any concerns about this disinformation guidance board? Because I got to tell you, uh, Walt, I have some concerns they're going to be coming after me and several other folks I know. Well, they've already cut off my funding. PayPal uh, won't let me uh, have money anymore. Uh, they're coming after I've been. I'm on a hit list to take down my website. Um, I've already gone to the point of having to hire a lawyer and put everything we have into a trust account so no one can find where I live or what cars I drive or anything. All my uh, everything I own is in a, a revocable trust. So uh, they've been coming after me for a long time. And, uh, you know, they can keep coming. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to shut up. Uh, you know, they're they're very clever about trying to prevent people from having a voice. And this, uh, this board they're trying to put together is to try to prevent people from telling the truth. Because they, they want to have complete control over keeping the lies going. Uh, you know, I think about uh, uh, Jan 6, you know, they called that an insurrection. And, uh, you know, they they actually opened the doors up and let the people in. Yeah, some people rioted, but it was never an insurrection. But they used the term insurrection so they can jail people, not because it was an insurrection. So we they, they're, they're ready to cripple anybody on the right. They don't like people uh, who go to church. They're trying to close our churches. They're trying to snuff out small business. Um, they're trying to do everything they possibly can to completely control your life and this administration absolutely uh, needs to be stopped Uh, this this marxism that they're embarking on uh, they've got a lot of power and a lot of money in fact the new press secretary um, it came from george soros um, you know as an lgbt -er. Um, we have all these lgbt people now in the administration pushing all these agendas so um from Buttigieg being an lgbt to the person at HHS now in the White House as a press secretary, African-American. I mean, you're you're pretty good shape if you're African-American, LGBT. The, um, the left is going to love you. If you're a white guy who goes to church and tells the truth, they're not going to like you very much. Yeah, a little too far down the uh, hierarchy of the uh, intersectionality coalition. It, it, it's shameful. Yeah. All right, uh, yeah, enough politics, Walt. Uh, you mentioned a second ago that uh, you're helping more and more younger people. Now, that uh, is it safe to assume that that's part of the effect of the trending trans phenomenon we've been seeing where more people at a younger age have went into this and fortunately have – gotten to a point where they've outgrown their initial confusion or have come to terms or at least have started to come to terms with that underlying issue that led them into this field is that yeah yeah i think what's happening is that the you know they're they're much more reckless 
about who they do this to. You know, they they don't do any they don't do any real good um, searching into whether the people suffer from bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or dissociative disorders or obsessive disorders or if they've been sexually abused. Uh, there's so many different things that they could be searching for uh, before they're approved for hormones and surgery. So this recklessness that they're doing uh, and just pushing it on anybody, and now in the schools they're hiding it from the parents. So the, the recklessness of uh, just taking anyone and doing this to is actually causing a larger number, uh, much more frequent and a higher percentage of kids uh, when they hit 18. I've, I've had them at 19 years old um, after they started at 15 years old contact me at 19 and say they feel like a Frankenstein monster. Can you help me? I've had them, many of them today now within one year of going through this process for the young people, uh, they're completely demoralized, destroyed. And, uh, and what we know is that people who go through this procedure surgically are 19 times more likely to die by suicide. So, and that number is probably going up uh, because uh, of COVID. So many of the kids that jumped into this in the last couple of years did so because they got online and they found out how to do it, what clinics to go to, and they're in states that allow it to be done without the parents' knowledge. And so kids go through this and they're they're totally unaware that they're destroying their life. So um, no one on earth needs their genitals rearranged. Nobody needs their uh, horm cross-gender hormones. They They may need some good psychotherapy they may even need some psychiatric help, but they don't need uh, surgical breast cut off. They don't need to rearrange their genitalia. They do need some good psychotherapy, however. Yeah, yeah, definitely the solution to a psychological problem is not surgical mutilations or chemical castrations, which seems to be uh, what the order of the day is from these folks. Uh, Walt, I, I know you're a busy guy, and, and I don't want to take up any more of your time, but before you go, can you tell us a little bit about the ministry? Uh, and then uh, after that, please let everybody know where they can find your work and how they can go about helping to support your continued efforts uh, if they are so inclined to do so, since everybody's been making it so hard for people to help you out. Yeah, you know, I don't even know how. I mean, people can, if they're really interested in helping, they can contact me uh, at uh, sexchangeregret.com, uh, walthire.com, um, and we can have you send a check to a P.O. box that we have. But we don't have any vehicle anymore they, uh, to, for people just to go online and pay us. <laughs> we did have that, and people were being uh, very kind and supporting us, and um 81 years old, and I've been helping people now for over 12 years. And as you know, I've been doing it. Uh, the people that I help, I never ch have charged anyone ever. Um, and I don't charge, as you know, from these conversations we're having. I don't charge for any media. I don't get paid. The only way that we make um, in ends meet is to sell books. If they go to my website, sexchangeregret.com or walthire.com, and you can go to the bookstore and if they're interested, uh, some great books there, uh, Trans Life Survivors and Paper Genders, uh, Gender, Lies, and Suicide. Uh, the biblical book is A Transgender's Faith. There's some great books there, the great resources, even if you don't have somebody in your family that's dealing with it. If you want to get uh, kind of 
catch up on things and learn about it, um, get the books. That really does help us a great deal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have to end it there. Uh, at that point, we basically was just doing some pleasantries and said good evening for the evening. At any rate, there will be a link to walthowyer.com in the uh, show description, and that's going to have to be it for tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here, and as always, thank you. I appreciate it. Remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And one final message for Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon.
is using both hands.